Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, you know, their customer service, even before they were sponsors, was unbelievable. It's one of the reasons I I reached out to them and said, I want you to sponsor, be one of our sponsors on our podcast because I just believe in their machine so much and it's just helped our team win so many games. So uh mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop. It is my baby. Um, it's one of the reasons we're able to keep this free. We're not going to be charging for our podcast or our YouTube channel or anything like that. Um, but it's also run by a high school coach for high school coaches or youth coaches or even college coaches. Um, it's not run by a, a, a college. It's not Zoom. It's not all these Zoom calls. It's on court. It's demonstrations. It's videos. It's clinics. It's handouts. It's everything you need to become a better basketball coach in one stop shop. So if it's not there, I will find it for you. <laughs> all right, let's head off to the podcast. And so they approved it on our flight home, and so we were back November 9th, and I was fortunate to go over there. And I I worked I work currently as a technical consultant for Basketball Ireland, which is the governing body, the FIBA governing body of basketball in the, in the, in Ireland. And then, um, we worked at St. Mary's. And so I did practices five days a week with the St. Mary's kids. And then I would go and watch all of the teams, the national teams in Ireland and kind of just see what they were doing. And they asked me to do a report, tell them what was good, what was bad, what needed to change. And it ended up being a 40 page report. And it's almost like doing a thesis for a master's right. degree, but right. um, yeah, no, it, it was, you know, the thing about the sport over there, and I don't actually know if it's negative as much as it's just different, um, is that, you know, most kids over there practice two days a week, an hour and 15 minutes, maybe one day a week, an hour, you know, it's not that much. Right. And the sport goes all year long. 
you know, with the exception of summertime, pretty much. I mean, you know, nine, 10 months of the year, they're playing basketball and they're playing, you know, scholastically club, you name it. So, um, you know, I was fortunate while I was there to coach our under 15 boys team uh, at St. Mary's to the national championship game. And uh, we lost to Belfast St. Malachy's. And, you know, it was in the A level, which is the highest level of high school basketball in, in Ireland. And, and, you know, anytime you can get to a national championship game, I don't right. care where it is. You know, that's a cool experience. <laughs> right. Yeah. And do you so, see the game um, different yeah. than here? Is the game different? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, obviously they're playing FIBA rules and, you right. know, they have the FIBA ball and, the, right. you know, wider lanes and, and longer three-point lines and everything. But, you know, the thing that's so different about it is, you know, they play their, their scholastic games during, you might find this interesting, they play them during the school day. So like 12 noon, one o'clock that, you know, that's when they play their games. So kids are getting out of school, going to these games, playing games, you know, the facilities are, are, you know, different. They're obviously, we are extremely well blessed here in the United States with facilities. And, right. you know, my wife, Candy and I, we went to a game uh, during the school day to watch a regional game that St. Mary's played with a school out of Orenmore, which is, I was living in Galway uh, when we were over there just down the road uh, or more. And the only people that weren't part of the, the crew at the table, the coaches, the players, and the officials that were in the stands were Candy and I, my wife and I. That's it. It, it was like going to a quarantine game. Um, really? <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it was just – it's an adjustment, but it's not a bad thing. I think right. that it's just – I know for me, I, I – I gained a, a, a lot more patience and I became a better coach. Cause when, when you're thrown into an hour and 15 minutes practice and you know, you're not going to break down, you're going to break down the game into, you know, whole part whole, but man, they're going to be smaller parts of each of those, you know, you have no choice. So um, soccer, great, great opportunity. Is, is soccer a big deal? Soccer is huge. Over there. Well, soccer, rugby, and the Gaelic sports are really big, like uh, yeah. hurling, uh, and uh, Gaelic football, handball, they're, they're really big. And so they're kind of the king sports over there. Now, basketball itself is growing tremendously, and there's been a whole lot of adjustments and, and improvements within the game. And they love the sport. I mean, they really do. And, and they really – there's a huge master scene, which you might find interesting. I can maybe talk with you offline about it. But I played in a tournament over in Galway, the Galway Masters, back in November. It was an international master's tournament, over 40 and over 50. Wow. And it was awesome. Oh, yeah. And uh, I flew back over and, uh, you know, did some work while I was there and played in the two-day tournament. And I'll be going back more than likely this November for it again. And they have tons of Masters tournaments all over Europe. It's a big deal. So, I mean, uh, it, it's, a, it's a more grassroots thing. And I, I would encourage anyone, you know, that is interested in ever going to the most beautiful country on the planet, honest to goodness. Uh, Ireland has the most incredible people and the most beautiful scenery you'll ever see in your life. Plus, you know, as an American, they really treat you with a ton of respect as a coach. Over right. there. Um, so, but uh, I'm oh, going back great. this summer. Uh, yeah. So that's I'm going back this summer working at camp. That's my retirement plan. I'm hoping to get over there. <laughs> do some coaching. Yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, it's a great place. Um, and yeah, my and McCormick is my mom's maiden name, so we're, there's a bunch of oh, Irish, yeah, a bunch of Irish in me. So I gotta go over to the yeah, no motherland kidding. at some point. Um, so we 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 already kicked one of those. Let me skip down. Tell me your coaching philosophy. 
Well, my biggest coaching philosophy is, well, as far as overall comes from the, you know, I got a lot of my philosophy stuff really by you know, watching coach elder, watching Harry Sheehy at Williams, watching Steve Lammy. But my biggest thing is looking at it, you know, trying to execute quickly and aggressively, um, handling the basketball, being a uh, very team focused in our approach to everything. And, you know, the, the, that's one thing. The other thing is just looking at it from an offensive perspective, you know, again, handling the basketball, taking good shots, getting second shots, executing quickly and aggressively. And then defensively, you know, no layups, no second shots and contest every shot. So those are the, the philosophy things that I look at as a head coach. Um, and when I'm working with, whether it's my Texas sharpshooter seventh graders or, you know, working with the under 16 women's team in Ireland, you know, right. really focusing on those things. Um, a lot of math is and looking that. at it. Also, <laughs> There's a lot of math. Well, it, tell me a little bit about that though. There's a lot of math. I mean, the, it, when you close out properly and it doesn't matter whether it's one hand, two hands, if you close out, the shooting percentage drops about 8% and non closed out shots versus closed out shots. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. If you've ever read Basketball on a Napkin, I'm a math teacher, so that book's a little bit overwhelming <laughs> for people that aren't. It's like Moneyball for basketball. Um, yeah, right. So you know he's kind of broken it down into the four factors, but if you go into the math a little bit deeper, that you know obviously there's some there's some there's some tweaks in there that are really important. Closing out is extremely important and very hard for young kids to do on a consistent basis. It's crazy. I have a problem with my yeah, and that's Dean Oliver, right? Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And, and that's the other thing is the analytics side. Heck, we could go on and on about it. <laughs> like, there's all so, sorts of things. Yeah, the analytics, and it's changing. It's, you know, I, I use crossover. There's huddle and stuff. But the amount of analytics yeah. I can get now that I could get, you know, I, I grew up in the era where I had two VHS tapes, and I was dubbing back and forth. Yeah, me too. And, <laughs> and hand doing them. Now it goes up into, some, into the cloud and gets broken down for me in 12 hours, and I can look at it. and send clips and you know and it's become cheap enough for even high school coaches to be able to do that it's crazy um yeah I, so go ahead no you go ahead i'm good um all right so let's go back to let's go back to the questions if you could um if you could talk to one coach for an hour who would you talk to and why living or dead um you know what honestly i would probably well john wooden i mean that that's a no-brainer um you know he is someone who when i think about just the the process and and how he looked at the game and you know it, it well he's the greatest teacher in the history of sports honestly so john wooden yeah he's well right you know every that's that's probably 50 percent of the answers is wooden i put stevens I think Stevens is. Uh, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking him too. <laughs> yeah. First of all, because he's alive, <laughs> John Wooden. Yeah, right. Um, but I think his mind, he just thinks the game differently than other people. I really do. I think he's, you know, well, he's a D three guy. He's a D three guy, and and he he wasn't in coaching for a little bit. You know, right. what I mean, yeah. So I, I think that that's the thing. He's outside the box a little bit. Um, do you have any superstitions? Um, boy, that's a good question. Um, I used to have one, I used to have a superstition. It's kind of funny one, but I used to always have to have a Barks root beer under the bench. You know, oh, that was just something that. I always, yeah. 
Yeah, I always did. And then one time in a game, I actually opened it up and the darn thing spilled all over me and on my nice suit. And I said, no more bark shirt beer. So, no, I haven't. I, haven't, <laughs> I don't have it. Honestly, um, no. Yeah. No, I, I used to be really uh, focused on, you know, all. I, I used to be like a perfectionist. I still am to an extent. I think we all kind of uh, have to overcome that as coaches. But I would say that, um, no. Yeah, that was okay. the only thing I ever had. I'm That's good. That's it. good. I mean, I and I have <laughs> you ask my players, I have tons of them. And I say it's not about the <laughs> I don't believe if I don't do that, we're not gonna win. I said it's about routine. Yeah. And that's the psychology part. I yeah. said I always put my shoes Absolutely. on the same way when I was a college player. And it wasn't because if I didn't do it, we weren't gonna win, but it was like my mind getting ready to play the game. It goes back to that free throw yeah, thing. Absolutely. You know, it's not superstition, the routine. It's it's setting that mind in the okay. It's game day. Like you know, I wear a suit on game day, and I don't normally wear a suit to school. Well, that's telling me okay, today's game day. You got to start getting ready. Yeah, blah, blah, those kind of things. Um, yeah. If you could only run one offense and one defense for an entire season, what would it be? Uh, well, offensively, you you you, know, you might just think you're gonna laugh at this, perhaps flex. Hey, um, I was a flex guy for no a one... really long time. <laughs> Really long time. Yeah. I would modify the flex. You know, Steve Lamy at Grove City, uh, he's a guy who – he ran he's run flex the last two years, and he he has modified a little bit where there's not the down screen on the, you know, the, the flex screener. It's just an, uh, basically the, the, the flex screener just comes up to the top and the other person just fills on the left side or right side or whatever. Um, probably flex. But, you know, also – and being a Wisconsin guy, you know, I'm, I've always been a big uh, – swing fans yeah there's a uh, you know I, 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 there's I a hybrid there if you can if you can tweak those together they they complement each other very well they really do yeah yeah and then um defensively um honestly i you know i would run uh the um wedge line defense that i, I got from steve lammy at grove city college i run it now and uh you know have for years um it's similar to pack line um, I, I would be more man-to-man uh, -man oriented, although, you know, I, I change. Uh, I learned a point zone from Bill Elder at Mobile, and it was always really good to eliminate size advantages and things like that. But I would definitely do man-to-man -man defense and, you know, put a little bit of pressure on the passing lanes, but mostly uh, defending one pass away, helping them recover, having good, strong help, and, and use, utilizing hands and, and being physical, really okay. physical. Uh, what do you think has been the biggest change in basketball in the last 20 years? Uh, I think the biggest thing has been the ball screens. I mean, you know, if you really think about it, <laughs> yeah. you look back. I mean, like, honestly, you, you look back to, like, when I graduated college in 1993, um, no one did them. Right. I mean, you saw them in the NBA. But, you know, Bill Eller wasn't running them at Mobile. We certainly weren't running them at Pillsbury, and we didn't run it. We did a little bit at Williams. But, you know, it's so ball screen oriented now and so much um, more perimeter oriented. You know, back in those days, uh, bigs were going in and pinning and sealing and getting, you know, post position. Now it, you don't necessarily see those bigs doing that anymore. You, you know, you see them facing up and, and being able to take threes, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's kind of a European style now here. And, um, you know, it's uh, – yeah, I'd say yeah. that probably be the yeah, biggest we, thing. Yeah, we jump them. We used to switch. We used to do all – we jump them hard now. Because yeah. they can't pass like they could 15 years ago either. 
So we jumped yeah. on screens really hard, and that causes a lot of problems for teams, in my opinion. At least, well, and it, it well it 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 does if you have really good rotation, and right. you know yeah. those kids know exactly where to go. But I agree with you because kids, you're right. I mean, I think when everybody talks about like Golden State, for instance, and everybody right. talks about their skills and everything, it's their passing. I mean, they just pass the crap out of the basketball, and I think because they do, it's it's uh, it's not common. Right. I agree. Um, if you could change one thing about basketball, what would you change? Um, hmm. I would probably, hmm. Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I would probably, um, oh man, I would probably here in the United States, I probably, this might sound crazy. I would, no, this isn't hard. Get a high school shot clock. Like yeah. there's a need for 50 states to have a high school shot clock, you know, over in, in Ireland and in FIBA, you know, I'm coaching 12 year olds and they've got a 20, they've got a 24 second clock. Right. It's so, coming. so it's coming. It's coming. That's coming. You yeah. Know what I would do, and I haven't said this on any of the podcasts yet. What I would do is I'd move the basket up and then make the court bigger because the bodies are yeah. bigger than they were, I don't know, 30 years ago. So I would make it a little yeah. bit longer and a little bit wider. So I'd probably do a college court and I would make it wider and I'd move the basket up six inches. Yeah. I like change, that. I think it's a great change, idea. It would change the game, you know, like the three pointer yeah. change the game. These bodies are so big, even at the high school level. I started this year. I started six, eight, six, seven, six, six. That's just crazy for wow. a high school team in Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it is. You know, it is. You know, and I had like a had like a six two guard, and then I had a five ten guard, and the five ten guard looked tiny, and he's average. You know, but the bodies are so big yeah. that it's you know that's the thing is something's gonna have to change at the it will start at the NBA if they do it. I definitely think they should do yeah. it. Yeah, they should make that court bigger. The court's too small. They do. And move it up. Yeah, move I agree. And move the rim up or something. Well, and, and, you know, I agree with that. I also think that, you know, the game, if you look back to, you know, the beginning of shot clock era in college basketball, is about 45 seconds. Right. And, you know, teams used to run, you know, as much offense as they could in 45 seconds. And then when it went down, you know, to where it is now, uh, there's just been – I think that the game getting up and down a little bit more is, is certainly a European prerogative, I can tell you that much. And, you know, much of the game now in the United States is – is very much going that direction. It's becoming more about spacing, more about, you know, uh, flow. And, and, you know, I kept hearing this. I'm going to get your take on this, Steve. I kept hearing this stuff about, you know, in the national championship game, everybody getting upset about, you know, well, there just it wasn't an entertaining game. There was no flow in the game. But, I mean, both teams are so great defensively. Right. I mean, the, the other the nights before, they were all shooting in the high 40s, low 50s. I mean, and then they shoot poorly in the – in the final game, they're talking about, well, it's because it's in a football stadium. But that, that makes – I mean, give me something I can chew on. Is it yeah, I think, the whistle, I think the, whistle, the whistle I don't think was super consistent in that game. So, no. I, I always have a problem when it's not a consistent – either call the game tight or don't call it. Let, let the kids figure out what you're going to do. Um, yeah. You know, the, my only concern going back to your shot clock at the high school level is we went to halves this year in Wisconsin. So, that was interesting rather than oh. quarters. So we went to 18-minute half, which was great for flow, and I, you end up playing more kids, definitely play more kids. Hey, everybody, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, 
I'd like to give a big shout out to teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. They, they allow us to keep these podcasts moving and chugging and uh, allow us to pay the bills. Um, so it's one way that you can give back. If you love these podcasts, come over and join for a couple of months. Be a 14-day free trial. Kick the tires around. And we've got lots of great new things going up on a daily basis. We would love if you subscribe and like um, wherever you, you do that, Apple, Spotify. Um, and then go over and check out our other two podcasts, uh, High School Hoops and Teacher Sidegate. I think you'll love them. All right, let's head back to the podcast. Um, my only concern is it, when I watch college basketball, a lot of the games seem very similar. The thing about high school basketball is as soon as we get that shot clock, they're all going to get this. They're all going to become kind of the same games. Right now we have teams that are scoring 100. We have teams that are going to pull the ball out and delay it. I mean, what I think is unique right. about high school is you can zone, you can press, you can do – you don't – everyone – no, no one presses for – 40 minutes in a college game anymore you know yeah they all seem like they're be, first it was the nba and they're all the same now it seems like the college game's moving that way if we do that to the high school level i don't know i maybe it's just me getting old and being a purist but it just seems like if you go watch it five different high school games are all going to be a little bit different <laughs> yeah you know? well and and i would say this too with regard to you know, so many people, and, and for anyone that's listening, you know, all the time everybody thinks that, you know, the great coaches are at the college level or even the NBA level or whatever. And honestly, the, the best coaches I've ever been around are folks like Mike Lynch in Galway, Ireland, you know, has been basically right. working for 20 years for free, right. you know, and he's a national team coach for the under-15s over there and a great friend of mine. Um, you know, or other high school coaches here in the United States or middle school coaches. I mean, I was coaching in a game uh, with my seventh grade kids here in um, Austin recently. And, you know, I went to, I went to a one, three, one trap and I thought, well, we're going to take this coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. And then all of a sudden he goes to a, a, a dribble handoff and keeps the ball at the top. And I'm like, dude, I said, after the game, I went up to him. I'm like, man, you just, that was a great move. Right. And I'm, I'm talking to a guy who's got a club team, you know right. I mean? So I think uh, too many people look at the level that you're at as being, well, you know, more than such and such person, just because they're not at the college level doesn't mean that they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, in fact, some of the greatest coaches I've met have been high school and middle school coaches. And, um, and I've learned a ton from. I know. I would agree. All right. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to end here. We got about 10 minutes. We're going to end with rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you a question cool. and then you're just going to give me the first thing that pops in your head. Okay. All right. First one, first one is what's your favorite basketball? Uh, molten. Molten. Oh, I haven't had one of those. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a ball, right? FIBA ball. Yeah. I love them. You know what I like about the feet though? You know, I had, I, I was working a kid out, I don't know, a month ago or something. And he had one of those balls. And what I liked about it is I could tell his rotation easier. Because Absolutely. It had that white kind of, I don't know, that yellow, I don't know, the, the stripe or whatever it is. So I could yeah. see his rotation mm-hmm. on his shot much better from a longer distance than I can with a normal ball. Um, oh, and they're, they're great ball. They feel good too. They I do. love them. Uh, yeah, I like the rock. I like Spalding too, but um, oh, I, I have a couple of those in my house right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, one one word to describe your ideal player. Oh, unselfish, fundamental. That's two. That's fundamental. Two. Yeah, most people try to get two in. All right, fundamental. All right. Um, if you could only go to one sporting event in the entire world, what would it be? Ah. Uh, hmm. 
Oh, give me a couple more seconds here. I would probably go – I would uh, – honestly, I would probably go – at this point, I'd probably go to an all-Ireland hurling final after being over there. Yeah, that's what I would do. So explain to the listeners people. what hurling is. It is an ancient sport. I don't know if you know what it is, but I hurling don't. is basically like – it. it's a combination. Go look it up on YouTube, anybody listening. But it's okay. – basically, it's a it's a it's an ancient sport. Imagine a soccer pitch or, you know, rugby field right. and having on each end a soccer goal with basically two goalposts above it. And okay. each player, the field's about 125 yards in length, about 115 or so in width. Uh, I'm, I'm not completely perfect on those uh, dimensions, but you have around 15 players. You have a keeper in each goal, and everyone has this stick. It's called a, a, a hurl, and it's basically a – it's a sharp edge stick that is imagine like a, a lacrosse stick, but without the net. And it, okay. it's basically a flat edge stick. And basically you play with a ball called a slither. And it's basically like a, um, a it's a, it's like a baseball kind of uh, ball that has raised seams, but it's not leather. It's, it's kind of like a mesh kind of material. And what's the ball called? And they hit the, a slither. A slither. Oh God, it sounds like and they Harry hit it. Okay, slither. Okay. It is. It's very much like that, actually. It's but like... you, you basically hit the ball. You can hit the ball all over the field. And there are certain rules, like where you can tap the ball to the next person and you can run with the ball. If it's on the end of your stick, you can run with it as long as you want. Um, and you can hit. If you hit the ball through the uprights, it's one point. If you get it through the net, it's three. And it is the most remarkable. There are 85,000 fans at Crook Park in uh, Dublin for the national, the All Irelands in fall, and they do they televise it on television on TG4 over there in Ireland in Gaelic. They don't speak English in it, so it's it's just a remarkable thing. So yeah, go check wow, check it out. It's yeah. a very fast paced sport. Is is it physical like rugby? Yes. Yes, okay. it's very physical. The only only padding that you have is a helmet. And the ball, you can catch the ball. Imagine posting someone up in basketball, but having a 6'5 guy posting up in front of the goal in hurling and somebody hitting the ball 75 yards in the air at like 60 miles an hour and that person catching it barehanded. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to check it out on YouTube. I'm going to have to YouTube. All right. Um, Yeah. It's really fascinating. That's crazy. I've not. um, Favorite (laughs) pregame meal. Oh, well, I have to go. I have to give credit to Bill Elder here. You know, we used to go to Shoney's. I'll take it back. You know, hamburger steak, green beans, uh, a baked potato, and tea not unsweetened. Okay. Yes. And you go, you got to get, you got to the salad bar too. (laughs) <laughs> Anybody that drives the interstates knows what a Shoney's is. Um, yeah, especially down south. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. They are. Uh, have you gone yeah. to national parks? No. So we're going to take a side note for a second. Have you gone to national parks in, in an RV? I have. Have you yep. gone to Yosemite yep. in the RV? No, outside, okay. not, not the Yosemite. We've been the Glacier. Uh, yeah. We've been uh, – we took the – yeah, we took the camper – um, we've taken it to 43 states. We left in 2010 uh, from Denver. I, okay. I worked as a special assistant to the head coach there, Eric Johnson, who's out at Boston College. And um, we bought the camper and the truck, and we decided to hit the road, and we took it to Alaska. We spent a month in Alaska. We took it up the Alaska Highway through British Columbia, Yukon Territory, 
Um, and, uh, oh gosh, that's, that makes Colorado look JV. I mean, it oh really my does. God, that's that. crazy. Cause we're coming back from Yosemite and these people are driving these RVs and I'm going, Oh my God, how are they doing this? Not dying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it takes, it takes a special skill. Oh, yeah. yeah. It takes a special skill, but yeah, we we, um, yeah. So we've been to 43 States, six Canadian provinces in it. And, uh, uh, yeah. And we've taken it all the way up to Maine. Um, spent a lot of time in Minnesota, of course, because that's where my my wife's from originally. And yeah, so well, I've been to all it, it's a two, different life. I've been to all but two states. I haven't been to Washington, and I haven't been to uh, Alaska. It's the only two states I've not stepped oh. foot in. Um, Ironically enough, yeah, that's where we stayed. We stayed for a month uh, in Anacortes, Washington, <laughs> north of Seattle, and then went to Alaska. Yeah, yeah we've been to all fifty states. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. All right. Um, so, where what's one thing you do to relax? Oh, wow. You know what? If I'm listening, I listen to music. Uh, I'm a huge Pat Metheny fan, who's a, just a, a legendary guitarist. So uh, I listen to him when I grade my papers online. I, I listen, <laughs> you know, uh, Yanni's pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of, yeah. Lot of <laughs> so I'm really big into in music. Yeah. I tell, music. I tell people the only reason I will stop teaching is grading because it's like laundry. It never yeah. ends. It never ends. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, I can trust me. I'll be doing it after our phone call. Right. So. <laughs> no, it's always lingering. It's always lingering. Um, I tell my students, if I hit the lottery, I'll keep teaching and I'll hire somebody to grade for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't blame you. Yeah. What, um, best player you have seen in person? Um, mm. oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, I would say probably, oh, man. If I'm thinking about athletes, I wouldn't say basketball players, but Bo Jackson in the Senior okay. Bowl in 1984 or whatever, That's 85. Good. That's okay. but, uh, but, yeah, but the best, the best person I've ever talked to uh, on the phone is Oscar Schmidt from Brazil. I recruited his son, uh, Felipe, um, wow. when I was the head coach of Hiram. Yeah, that was wow. a very interesting 30, 40-minute phone call. Yeah. Oh, I, bet, I bet it was. Holy hand. Yeah. Right, who's <laughs> the best player of all time, best basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan. Okay. He's winning. He's got about 90% right now. I'm not yeah, sure it's not yeah. going to be LeBron by the time we're done, but yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, uh, one thing that helped you become a better coach. Getting out of my own way, you know, not being a perfectionist, uh, being focused on the details, but not letting the details control me as a human being. Um, the other thing that I would say, and I think it's really important for any coach to really think about this, and I don't care what kind of style you have, listen to your players. I mean, I think that that's, you know, even with my seventh graders, I will have my point guard during a game. I'll, I'll say, hey, come here. You know, I have a, a set of triplets, the Larson triplets on my team right now. And I'll say, hey, Jack, come here. Um, I, hey, listen, uh, I think we, you know, we could run man to man right now. We could go back and go Indiana one through one trap. What do you think? Right. Coach, I think we should stick with man. I'm like, okay, great. Go do it and tell everybody to do it. Right. Like if you listen to your players, you know, they, they get more buy-in. We were talking about buy-in earlier in sports Maybe. psychology and everything. Buy-in's important. I'm telling you. And, and part of that is getting to be an older coach. You know, I've won state titles. I've coached. Yeah. I mean, I've done everything I can do basically as far as a high school coach and blah, 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 whatever. But in my young days, I think I had to prove to myself that I knew what I was doing. Right now, it's like I, I literally had my point guard. So we, I, 
during a timeout, I have my guys go to the bench and then our, the coaching staff, there's about five of us sit together and talk before we yeah. go, before I go and talk this year for the first time, I actually had my point guard stay in the coaching circle. Because I really wanted to hear what oh, he had awesome. to say. Yeah, and it helped so much. It's the first time I've ever done it. But I've always gone into timeouts and go, okay, what do you guys think? Is that working? And then, if, you know, I can read yeah. you know, read their faces, read their eyes. It's like you can kind of tell, you know, I obviously have the veto. But um, yeah, I think the buy-in part's big of it. Because they, they have a voice. You want, they want to, everybody wants to have a voice. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. included in practice, too, because right. you can read if a kid's had a rough day. I mean, I had uh, my seventh graders the other day. They were dragging in their practice on a Tuesday night with me. And, and I said, hey, fellas, uh, how long have you guys been going today? They said, well, coach, uh, we got to school at 6 a.m. and we, we did a scrimmage with our, you know, with, uh, it was just a fun scrimmage with uh, the eighth graders in the gym here. And so we've been going since six, coach. I'm like, well, gosh, darn, why didn't you guys just tell me that? You know, right. I mean, I wouldn't be all over you right now. I said, now I know that this is the way it is. I, I can change the way that I approach practice and kind of what we do. Um, because let's be honest, you know, kids are going. That was the other thing about Ireland, man. Kids would get to school at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Classes would start at 9. But they were in study time early. They were doing their classes all day. They'd have a practice afterwards, and they'd have study time. And they'd be on a bus, city bus, going back home at 9 p.m. They'd be gone all day long. And, right. you know, it kids have so much pressure and we did too, but you know, they, they, uh, I think the pressures have changed quite a bit, uh, yeah. because of, you know, um, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, specialization because of helicopter parenting. We could spend another hour talking about oh, that, but, oh, uh, we, we could definitely talk yeah. about that. That's for enough. We'll, we'll do that again. We'll come back and talk about that. Yeah. Um, so sure. if you could, uh, one word to describe your coaching style. Uh, excited. I'm very, very passionate, passionate. I mean, I really love, I I love the game because listen, uh, you're talking to a kid who grew up in a trailer house on food stamps, welfare, government cheese and alcoholic mother. And that I'm seriously not writing country song here. It's the truth. And I grew up in Robertsdale, Alabama and, you know, right across the bay from Mobile and, you know, grew up poor. And honestly, you know, the place that I went for, gosh, for solace, for protection, was the court right and basketball always was something that meant so much to me because I tell people Steve that it saved my life and yeah. it did yeah. and when I look at my life now I live in like I live in an RV I have a doctorate I just got back from Ireland I you know you, I was a head college coach for world. five years and, and yeah. I, I teach life lessons to my kids in class every day and we we have life lessons. And I said, it's not about the things in life. It's about the experiences in life. And you've had enough experiences for three lives. If you've gone to all those. <laughs> well, thank no, you. No, but I mean, you have, if you've done all that traveling and seen things, there's people that I live in Southern Wisconsin. There's kids that, that I teach that I see every day that haven't left a radius of a mile, you know, 10 miles from their house. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I look at it. I look at it though, from my standpoint. I mean, I was. I'm the kid who shouldn't have done the chance I do that. And so right. I. That's why I'm so passionate about how I teach, and so passionate about the game because for me, it's a reverence thing. Right. For me. Yeah. And everybody can have that opportunity. A little hard work goes a long way. Um, it last sure one. That last one. Now this is gonna be a hard one for you. I. I bet. Um, and I'm if sure. You me, if you saw me right now, I got a bookshelf full of books behind me, but one book you would recommend integrity by henry cloud 
Um, he is a Christian psychologist, um, Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, he came up with a definition. Honestly, it saved it, after my after I left Hiram College in 2006. I walked away from being a head coach. You know, it changed the way that I looked at my life. It changed the way I looked at my career. Um, basically, he came up with a definition for integrity. And it, it's something that it, basically the integrity is meeting the demands of your reality. Meeting the demands of your reality. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it, my reality was I wasn't going to be in coaching for a little bit. You know, I had to meet the demands of what my reality was going to be, which ended up being, you know, going into sales uh, work. And, you know, I was out of coaching for a couple of years, but, you know, that saved, it changed who I was. It changed the way I looked at things. And then the second one, I have to give you this one, because okay. we all know who Ben Stein is right. uh, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, Bueller, Bueller. Yeah. He, he wrote a book called How Successful People Win. And it's about 100, it's perfect for coaches because it's like 110 pages long. Uh, integrity is like 350 but um he came up with this uh, thing called cowboy logic and he basically looked at it from how a cowboy would look at it and you know when i was at the head coach at hiram and had a tough run there from 03 to 06 and i got bucked off the horse you know you have to let it bleed that's one of the uh concepts right. you know before you jump back on and so those two books yeah i mean you know, we that's could always go through thing. practice We've, yeah. I, I, I didn't get the first the first job I applied for. I didn't get. I thought I was ready. It was shattering. I mean, all those experiences build to this, you know, toolbox that you eventually have at the end, um, which yeah. I think is so important for growth as a person, as a human, as a teacher, as a parent, as a father, as a whatever. All those things kind of yeah. build that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, for, for me, and I would say, yeah, I know. I, I appreciate you having me on. I do. I really appreciate it. We'll, we're going to do this again because we, we, we didn't even scratch the psychologist part, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> but what, what I'm going to tell everybody right now is I'm, I'm gonna, you'll email me all your contact stuff um, so people can get a yeah. hold of you, all those kind of things. Um, a couple of those websites that you were talking about, if you can do that, that'd be great. And I will put that in the show you notes for people and they can do it. So thanks, Tim. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like. Um, we love those. Um, and send me an email, steve at teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.